Listening to a brand new episode of Red Right and Brown brought to you by This Is Not Live. Today, we got a big list for you guys. We got four reviews that we're coming at you with today. Uh, a few on all your favorite streaming platforms. Some of them even hit the theaters. That's right. We're back in the theaters, just like always. Um, I'm very excited to talk about, you know, kind of what's going on in the theater and some of the movies that we've been watching. But without further ado, we're just going to get the ball rolling. We're going to talk about a series that came out on Netflix called Trial by Fire. So Trial by Fire is an interesting series because it kind of follows like a similar docu-series. Um, towards, like it's docu-series in a way where it's like, it's talking about a real life event. However, they do create a fictional story out of it. So just for a little bit of context, on June 13, 1997, a tragic fire at the Upar Cinema in Delhi resulted in about 59 deaths. And two of the stars that were actually on this, um, uh, Neelam and uh, Shekhar, Krishamurthy, I believe that's the pronunciation. Um, they had their own children that were affected. You know, they were vi victims. And, you know, ultimately it was because of a lack of like emergency systems, you know, uh, like there wasn't a whole lot of support staff um, that was helping out in the situation. And so Trial by Fire is a series that kind of recounts the events that were happening, you know, at this time. And uh, you know, kind of just serves as a representation of this real life event. So, but the series states that it's a work of fiction. It's inspired by the book Trial of Fire and uh, does not make any claims of authenticity or correctness of events, but it does not shy away from naming like the real life individuals involved in the story. Um, you know, we got the Ansel brothers, Gopal and Sushil, who were prominent in the construction industry and are named and their actions are depicted, uh, despite the fact that they weren't charged or e even they, I think they were charged with their sentence got reduced. Um, but it's a seven part web series, uh, like I said, on Netflix. And yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, great acting opportunities in this. You know, we have a, we have a big cast here. We got Raj Rat and like I said, apologies on the pronunciation, but we got Raj Shreed, uh, Desh Pandey, Abhay Deol, Rajesh Tiling, and many more um, who deserve, you know, lots of recognition for the great roles that they played, you know, uh, Rajshiri, uh, Deshpande, and Abhay, they all play the parents of victims. Um, and there's a lot of empathy with this. Like me, myself, I'm not, I'm not a parent. Um, I'm still quite young. And I will say that like, there was a lot of like empathy invoked, like with the audience. Like I was sitting there, like, like really sad, just like thinking about the idea of, you know, losing a child and, you know, such a tragic, uh, you know, event. And, there's just like all these like little nuances of like these two these two actors really coming together and you know just create a very emotional landscape. But nonetheless, I thought this was a very like thought provoking series. Uh, it tells the true story of the Apar Cinema Fire, um, as well as like brings across themes for just you know lack of you know for better words preparation or lack of you know safety concerns, uh, things like that that may have been happening that led up to that event that we now. Um, maybe sometimes take for granted because in all of our buildings, or at least I would hope so, um, we are prepared for the event of, of a large fire occurring. But manage and install hope and inspiration, uh, you know, even in the face of tragedy, like I said, give, give big kudos to the actors. So, Michael, you said that this series is based on a true story, but some of it was fictionalized. So sometimes, I guess, when 
these kinds of shows, they tend to put that drama, extra kind of stuff in there. It can be kind of carried away. How do you think that Trial by Fire handled that fictionalization of real life events? Yeah, you know, I don't think it got too carried away because like, um, I can't remember what movie it was off the top of my head, but I do remember watching, um, you know, similar types of, you know, movies or series where they try and recount like a very big event happening, you know, in India. And what they, they will do the events that happen in real life. But yeah, as you said, there's like this really extra extreme dramatization that's occurring. What I felt in this series, though, that kind of made it a little different was that they were talking about an incident in which, you know, a cinema fire occurred and led to a lot of deaths, but they didn't quite, let's say, like, this is, like, this is the, the fire that we're talking about. This is the event that were happening. In fact, it almost felt as if they created, let's say, like, you know, a fictional family, you know, fictional characters and everything, and they let the fire, they let the, the tragedy of that event just kind of play into this fictional uh, family, which I think is a much better way um, to do it because it kind of flips what you are fictionalizing right so in this case it's fictionalizing the event but it's making it a little bit more like historically fictional whereas you know before the, the event's real um but but you know the the, the cast and everything is like you know I, I would say yeah just making it a lot more dramatic than it needs to be but um that that's overall how i felt about the film if that makes sense yeah, it makes total sense. It sounds like they they handled it pretty well and were handled a pretty sensitive topic and event too with uh, some kind of grace. So that's really good, actually. Exactly. Like I said, you know, I, I gotta give my hats off to the actors because I mean they're really the ones that kind of um, were able to draw back to the event that actually occurred because you know if they hadn't really you know done I believe the acting job that they did um, you know with such kind of like sorrow or with such like despair. I don't think the audience would have really understood kind of what this whole series was trying to get at, um, which was like, um, you know, just how like the lack of safety concern, how the lack of, um, you know, a lot of these things can lead to such, you know, big consequences and stuff. So their job as the actors was really big. And I think they really delivered in that sense. Well, that sounds super interesting. I think everyone should check it out. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I definitely give this a watch. It, it's very, um, if you're very sensitive to these kinds of topics, I would maybe just stray away because you you might be sobbing for all seven episodes. Um, but nonetheless, I do think it's it's a great watch because you know as I as I said earlier, it kind of brings light to like some of these themes um, that I think are really important. Well, cool. Um, I think I'll definitely add that to my watch list for sure. And we're back here on Red, Right, and Brown. We just got done reviewing Trial by Fire on Netflix. Highly recommend you go watch that series because it is very, you know, emotionally, it's a very emotional series. However, it does do a great job of depicting a real life event without necessarily saying that, like, that's the event in particular that they were um, necessarily talking about. But I'm very excited for this, for these next two, because these next two reviews we're about to do were um, films that came out in the theaters. And if I remember right, it's been a week or two since we've, you know, really reviewed something um, in the theater. So I'm very excited with this. I know Tasha got the opportunity to watch this movie. The movie's called Cuddy, came out in the theaters uh, recently. And yeah, Tasha, just like, tell us all about the movie experience. Because one thing we, we talk about here is there's just not a lot of people in the seats anymore. But, you know, last couple of weeks, I think we've been seeing a little bit of a comeback. You know, what, what did you experience? 
Yeah. So uh, the movie is Cote. It's uh, for all of you out there who know what that means. It means dog. It's also a derogatory term for like a corrupt cop, you know, in India. Um, going to the theater was pretty interesting. There weren't really that many people there. Um, but it was, you know, it's always a treat to go to the theater. I wish I could say seeing this movie was a treat, but I, I don't agree with that. Um, oh, here, we go. here we go, guys. Uh, so the movie came out on Friday. You know, you've still got plenty of opportunities to see it if for some unfortunate reason you want to after I finish talking. But so basically the movie is about corruption of, you know, the police force in India um, and kind of how these criminals, they kind of underlings, they're like, you know, inspectors, but they're also just straight up criminals kind of operate in this sort of dark little underworld beneath what's supposed to be like righteous police force, right? Um, so, well, I don't think it was executed very well. I think the director was kind of pull, trying to pull like a little bit of a Tarantino kind of thing, you know, with nonlinear storytelling. It focused on four different kind of like people, I suppose, or like individuals in the same group. And it was four parallel storylines, but the it, it was not tied together very well. It was very, very messy. Um, I also thought it was a little bit graphic. You know, it was a couple minutes late to the movie. So admittedly, I did, you know, miss a couple minutes, but seriously, it was only like three or four minutes. And I walked into a very graphic um, trigger warning here, guys, a uh, rape scene, you know, sexual assault. And that was very off-putting. Um, still had to sit through the next two hours, so good lord. But the story is about these two. We're focused on two cops. One is named Gopal, and the other is just known as Baji. Um, and kind of how they sell drugs on the side, but they're also very supposed to be very respectable people in the police force. Um, and just man, the story was a mess, you guys. Like we don't really know what their motivations were for starting to sell these drugs. We don't know like what they wanted in the end it was it there was no resolution to everybody's story um i will say it was a great pleasure to see nasru then um cha again on screen he played like this big bombay drug lord um and tabu because ever who doesn't love tabu um she was a, a high-ranking inspector in the police force who also ended up like kind of in this drug ring um but yeah man guys i don't know what to say there was a lot of violence there was a a lot of attempts at, you know, an homage to film noir, but it didn't quite work. Um, just, just gratuitous killing, I have to say. Like, I think I asked myself, uh, why are they shooting people? Pretty much like every couple minutes. Um, yeah, it just didn't work very well. Uh, it could have been a really poignant commentary on, I think, corruption and police force and corruption and in those kinds of, um, what do you call them? They're not armed forces, but, you know, like those kinds of things in general. And, and those roles and those occupations. Yes, exactly. But I think it just it super fell flat. Um, really, Shining Star was just I just sat through the second half of this movie just for double, like which definitely recommend that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's other storylines are like the daughter of this, you know, this big drug ring guy um she falls in love with her driver and they're trying to figure out how to get out of like the clutches of her dad and they're all after this one armored car that has four crores which is about what is that like a million sort of like a million rupees so four million yep. rupees uh together and that's like their big prize because everybody needs this money right everybody is corrupt everybody's trying to sell drugs um 
Yeah. It was, uh, I think this was a school project actually by the director, Asman Bardwaj. He went to um, School of Visual Arts in New York and uh, just kind of a little, you know, he got an opportunity because his parents gave him the opportunity. And sometimes, you know, that just doesn't quite work. So I think hard pass, you guys. I don't know about this film. It was very, it was very uh, too much violence, I think, for my palate. Yeah, you know, Whenever it comes to these like graphic scenes, you know, I, I'm not always sure what the intention is supposed to be like, because they're just, un they're very uncomfortable to watch. Like they're very, very uncomfortable to watch and they're very long scenes too. So I, I always kind of question what the intention is and if it could have been done in another light. But, you know, as you said, like, this is a great theme that could have been really poked and prodded, but, you know, it was ult ultimately kind of fell flat. So. I don't know. Hopefully we do see more, you know, of these themes do come up because I know that like once themes are explored frequently, like there are a few that kind of, you know, rise above the pack and like, you know, really do stick uh, within like, you know, cinema history. However, you know, we've, I think there's been a lot of attempts to kind of picture like a frog cop in Hindi cinema. Um, and I don't know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen one that was just like, like super, super, super compelling. Yeah. A lot of times they, they turn into these like, you know, action movies that, um, aren't really telling the narrative. So I don't know if that's how you felt with this one, but you know, from what I've seen in the past, you know, it, it kind of sounds like it's following that same playbook. Definitely. It was definitely falling in, the, in that same playbook, you know, like in filmmaking, everything, even violence is supposed to further the storyline or further the plot. There's a purpose when somebody dies or there's purpose when you see someone being, you know, assaulted or there's a purpose for it. But this film, it felt like there was no purpose. It was just trying to be cooler than I think it had any right to try to be. And we're back with another review here on Red, White, and Brown, brought to you by Daisy's Live. We're we're keeping it at the theaters with with this next review because we're talking about Arisu, which it's a very interesting story of you know a family kind of pit against themselves. So you know, for those that haven't seen the movie, or for those that may have not heard of the movie, the movie follows the story of our, this character Rajendran, and he's a business tycoon played by Sarath Kumar, who is terminally ill. Now, he has a very large business. He's built a very large fortune for himself. But the problem is, is that he has three sons and he wants one of the sons to essentially, you know, kind of be the successor of the company. Not only step in and take his place, but ultimately run and own the company, you know, as, as like a single majority. So what he does is he pits his, uh, his two eldest sons against each other. Uh, their names are Jai and Ajay. And he's pretty much pitting them against each other to see like who will rise above the two to be the right successor. But the third son, Vijay, um, disagrees with his father's methods and chooses to stay away from the family business. In fact, you know, as Rajendran's, uh, the father, his health deteriorates, he begins to see his sons for who they truly are uh, and ultimately chooses Vijay as his successor. Because, you know, there's a lot of moments where these two are kind of being pitted against themselves, where you see a lot of selfishness, you see a lot of greed. And Vijay, who decided to step away from that, um, you know, really took kind of the light of his father's eyes. But this leads to conflict between the brothers, um, you know, that were working very hard to, like, you know, try and be the one that comes to own it. Um, the question remains if Vijay can prove himself as a worthy, you know, successor, and if not, essentially one of the brothers, we're going to come into the role and take over. Now, I I really liked like the premise of this movie because like 
I haven't seen a movie quite like this in a, in a while where you have this internal conflict um, in the family and, you know, you're just ultimately fighting over for like who takes care of a company. In fact, I think it's a, a really good story that's like not often told because there, I'm sure this happens quite a lot in the real world too, you know, especially whenever like someone dies, a lot of selfishness comes out like in families of who's going to inherit what, um, you know, and to what amount, right? Especially when there's many members of the family. So uh, the director of this was Vamish, Vamishi Pali, And I thought he did a really good job of just like crafting an engaging film because family drama is very interesting. Like they make family drama like reality shows, right? So in a way I felt like I was kind of getting a little bit of that, but it's also like, you know, well-balanced with some peppy songs, has some dramatic heroic moments. And I think Vishay too, who, uh, or Vijay, which is also the actor's name, uh, did a really good job as well. Just like trying to play like, I would say like someone who like rose to the occasion, right? Like someone who rose to the occasion to choose good over like selfishness and greed. Um, it does start a little shaky though, because like, you know, some of the, some of the moments seem a little like artificial. They, there's not a whole lot of like enthusiasm going on. It's just a little slow to start. But as the story progresses, it does actually get a lot more engaging um, as the movie follows along. I would say around the 15 minute to 20 minute mark is when when the gears started really rolling on this. Um, there is actually a, uh, a Telugu version called Cheka Shivanta Vanam, I believe, uh, where instead of like you know, the gangster backdrop, it's, it's set in the corporate world as well. So, um, you know, like I said, very interesting film, very interesting theme. Uh, and then the second half is where, like, like, like I said, it picked up pace, you know, in the first half. The second half is where it just kind of, like, started to really, you know, steal the show. Um, you know, there, there was just a lot of balance between sentimental moments and comedy. And the comedy lines were delivering. Like, I found myself laughing, um, you know, in the seat. And I acknowledge this, too, that, like, relatives can be toxic especially you know in these big you know family drama moments and then like lastly like you know I will talk about like just a few little slip-ups you know um there was like a romantic track that they were trying to do like a love interest and it didn't really like in my opinion it didn't really pan out um and like I said just just some moments that kind of made it feel a little slow. But whenever it was talking about the main plot, the main development, especially whenever Vijay is stepping into this role, really proving himself, it does make for a meaningful conclusion because, you know, at the end, you're like, oh, okay, like you're really rooting for him the entire time. And so it does like, it does line itself up for a great conclusion. Um, you know, so despite like those little shortcomings, I said, I thought this was a great film. It's one that I would go to the theater and watch as well. You know, I highly recommend, you know, that you guys do that because hey we want to support our theaters in the time whenever they are not getting the most seats in the house so um how was your theater going experience because i find that when we're watching american films like the audience is different but when you go to like a indian film hindi language drama whatever it like the audience it, like the interaction is kind of different so how is that it's very casual it's much i would yeah. say it's much more casual than going to watch a Marvel movie, for instance, because they're like, what's really cool is like the people around you not only laugh, but like you can kind of like hear like their other reactions as well. Like, I feel like whenever you go watch an American movie, unless it's like a straight up comedy, like the, the audience is trying to kind of like, 
be really engaged. Like it kind of, it just feels a bit more formal, but like, especially right now, like, you know, being in the U S and watching Indian movies, um, you know, at these, at these cinemas, there's not as many people in there. And so when there's only like, you know, six or seven other people with you in the theater, like you can kind of have like this close knit experience and, you know, just kind of experience the movie with some, with some other people. Whereas going by myself for an American film, or, you know, let's say I go with like a couple of buddies, I'm really just experiencing it with them rather than like the entire theater, because there may be a hundred people in that theater. So I really enjoy going to theater to watch, um, you know, these indie movies and when they're good, it makes it, I mean, it just makes the experience great. Um, there's nothing worse than being, being in the theater and, you know, expressing, not not expressing gratitude for for the right reason <laughs> uh, with the other people in the theater with you. So that's overall my thoughts on that. Nice. So a uh, five star recommendation for Varisu. I give it a recommendation. Maybe not five. Maybe not five stars. I'm not saying this is a must watch. Like, but this was a very good film, and I do I do highly recommend it. So great. Well, definitely another one to perhaps add to everybody's watch list. We are back. That's right. We're still here. We're not leaving that quickly because we're back on Red, White, and Brown. Watch you by DC's Live. And we got one more review for you. That's right. It's a four review list today. And we're returning back to Netflix with this movie called Time Massage. So Time Massage is actually a very interesting um, you know, film, in my opinion. I know that Tasha got the time to really spend and you know just uh, watch Time Massage. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give it off to her. Tasha, how was Thai Massage? You know, give us a brief overview, you know, for those of us who may have not seen it. Right. So Thai Massage, it's on Netflix. Um, it's 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 a unique story, I feel like. It's about an older gentleman. You know, he um, is a widower. And gosh, pardon my language, but uh, the premise of the film is that he has erectile dysfunction. Um, and he's kind of looking for ways to fix his issue. Um, his wife, I think, was like bedridden for a long time in their marriage, and then she passed away. And, you know, it's kind of like an end of life story. Um, what do you do when you're a senior citizen? Are you allowed to have desires? Are you allowed to have wants? And how do you communicate that to the people around you, including your family? Um, so yeah, it was kind of like, a. I would not call this family friendly, but I would say it was family centric. Um, so that's the premise. And he meets this young guy um, in the town where he lives who recommends he goes to Thailand, Bangkok, to kind of figure out his issue. Um, there's a lot of shenanigans. Uh, and when he gets there, he he makes a friend in a young um, American woman, or I don't think she's American, actually. Pardon my... my he makes uh, a friend in Bangkok. Yeah, he makes a friend and a young woman uh, in Bangkok, and I think she kind of like opens up, you know, his his perspective to joys beyond just um, the issue that he's kind of dealing with. Yes, she is a Russian woman. Pardon, pardon me. Um, they strike up a friendship. They go on some adventures, and uh, she does kind of. They don't. They don't go anywhere, but she does give him a. a a rather, you know, robust smooch at the end. Um, I think the film is interesting in a storytelling way, just because it starts by, it's him in his current day. I think he's an artist and he makes portraits of people through typewriting, which is very interesting. I didn't know people could do that. It was a cool talent. Um, and his kids 
who think he's never left his town. They find his passport um, taped behind a picture of their deceased mother. And they find a picture of him with this young Russian woman. And it starts this whole kind of retrospective story that he's telling his sons because they're very, you know, his kids are upset with him. They think, you know, he's gone to Thailand. I don't need to say what people do when they go to Bangkok sometimes, um, you know, so you, you, you can, you can get the hint based off the title of this film. Definitely. Yeah. I uh, definitely don't need to explain that part. Um, you guys are smart. You got it. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting way that they told this story and uh, his name is, he goes by Atman, um, but they just call him Atma in the, the film, but he's a kind of a sympathetic character. You know, you kind of feel bad for him. He's a gentle guy. He seems nice. He just doesn't want to, you know, spend the rest of his life alone and lonely. Um, so I can't, I don't know. I don't uh, quite know what my opinion on this film is just yet. It was, it was, it had some moments that were kind of sweet, you know, like learning how to open yourself up to travel or joy. And I think a lot of films don't really uh, come from the perspective of older people. You know, it's always somebody young or dynamic or whatever. But Especially is- from a mental health perspective as well. Like one thing yeah. I've you know really picked up on, like from what you've talked about is like, there are a lot of mental health issues, you know, kind of associated, uh, you know, not only physical health, but there's also, you know, some mental health things you know associated with this and as you were telling the story I was thinking to myself I was like I would be very very sad if um you know I was a widow at a at an older age and I I still had a lot of life ahead of me or I still had possibly 10 years ahead of me like how do you deal um with losing such a significant person in your life um and still continue to live you know what could be the last 10 to 20 years of your life right and mental health within elderly is certainly an issue that needs to be talked about as well because um i'm sure that's a common theme that many elderly people you know may feel in their own lives as well yeah for sure um and i think the film kind of culminates you know this this young lady and him want to go to this uh lake that i will not try to pronounce um it's a beautiful place and they're sitting on the shore and she asks him well did you find a solution to your problem and he just says you know the it's about emotion for him. It's not physical. So he's, and he still loves his wife. There are flashbacks to like their life together. And when they got married, it's, it's an interesting story. I, um, I thought that was a really unique perspective. Um, there are some hilarious moments like, uh, this young guy in the village is kind of making fun of him, uh, for his issues. So he takes him to see this 80 year old man who just had a baby and to see how to be virile again. And he tells him to just eat like 10 to 12 onions a day raw and do push-ups, <laughs> which was yeah. kind of stinky. That's and the scary. cure. Yeah. That's the cure. You guys just eat some onions and you'll be set. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This was a, yeah, I'm not quite sure what my perspective is on in the film, but it it had some sweet moments. It had some weird moments. Um, I think it was just unique from the way that the perspective from which it was told. We watch things so you don't have to, but we want you guys to watch this so you can kind of inform us what the verdict is, because this was, I mean, this is a tough one to kind of decide as well. And we are back one more time here on Red, White, and Brown, brought to you by Daisies.Live. And that is, that is it, guys. That, that's all we got. We have two, uh, you know, movies slash series on Netflix and two movies that came out to theaters, you know, definitely recommend you guys, you know, watching these yourselves. You've heard our review. Hopefully you've read our reviews as well. You can read our reviews at ac.live.com or 
apologies, daisies.live. Uh, you can also find our Instagram, Daisy Livegram, and our Twitter, Daisy's on Live, where you can, you know, react and, you know, talk about all the things you thought about our show or the movies. Let us know your insight because we love engaging uh, with the fans. And as you heard, yeah, RRR, that song just won a Golden Globe. So that's huge. You know, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, excited there. But nonetheless, stay tuned for another episode because we always bring the best reviews in Hindi cinema. Stay tuned and we'll be back. Bye. Everybody.